This episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast is brought to you by Shiny Side Up, which we almost got away with it, is back in person for 2023. We haven't had in-person events since 2020, and we had a full schedule of talk series and bike fest events. Unfortunately, we've had to make some slight changes. So things kicked off on Friday the 10th of February in Invercargill, uh, moved to, to Queenstown for the 14th, uh, moved to Nelson for the 16th of February. Things were heading to Napier for the 22nd of February and Gisborne for the 23rd. Unfortunately, due to the the uh, the tragic events that have gone on there with all the flooding, those two locations, we've had to cancel them. It's also not safe and more of a tax on resources for us to send people to those regions. So Napier and Gisborne have been cancelled. Whanganui on the 1st of March is happening. Rotorua on the 2nd of March is happening. And Auckland on the 4th of March is happening. Also this year, we were to have two bike fest events. Kapiti on the 26th of February, that is happening. And Whangarei on the 5th of March. Unfortunately, Whangarei has also been affected by uh, the cyclone that went through, the flooding and, and, you know, dramas therein. And so the Whangarei Bike Fest event has been wound back to be a talk fest or talk series event. Uh, we're going to have, it's going to be a four hour event. We're going to have everyone there. Uh, and it is going to be a, a lot of fun. There's going to be so much information that you're going to be able to pick up, ask questions, uh, dive into topics deep, uh, but we're not going to have a full bike fest event. For more information, you can go to motonz.com, you can go to social media, hit up Kiwi Rider Podcast, or you can go to shinysideup.co.nz. Right, on with the show. Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name's Ray Heron with a special bonus episode. We're going to be packing your podcast feed this week as we gear up to the one and only, the big one, Bike Fest, Shiny Side Up Bike Fest, Carpety, 26th of February. It's this Sunday if you're listening to it on the day this podcast comes out. Uh, so we're going to have a few, we're going to replay a few interviews we've done with some of the Shiny Side Up gurus over the years. Today's episode is the interview I did with... Uh, ergonomics and suspension tuning wizard Dave Moss for Motorcycle Awareness Month 2022. Roll the tape. There's no one better to talk to when we start talking about motorcycle setup than ergonomics and suspension tuning wizard Dave Moss, all the way from California. Hello. Good morning to you, Raymond. Great to catch up once again, uh, and it's always fun talking to you about uh, the setup of our motorcycles. So uh, I guess let's let's start with the situation that a lot of motorcyclists across the country find themselves in. The bike might have been uh, in storage for the last, you know, three to five months. What what would be the first thing you'd do uh, to, before you get, get get out there on your bike? Well, oddly enough, and, and I'm sure people will think twice about this, because they never look for it, is cracks in the tire from storage. It's not exactly balmy in New Zealand in winter. and. If you're at higher elevations and you do experience snow and very cold temperatures, then the rubber on the motorcycle obviously is not going to fare too well. One of the big ones that people find is that when tires are shipped internationally, they go up in an aircraft, which is cold. 
and if something bumps into the tires, moves the pallet around, you get cold cracks in shipping. Now, if your tires have been on the bike for a while and you haven't changed them for a few years because you really don't do that many kilometers a month, one of the first things you have to go look at is just look, look around the sidewall and see, do you have any cracks in the sidewall of the tire? Um, that's one of those things that people never, ever look for. They just check pressure. Do I still have some from the three months it's been sitting in the shed? Um, or if you're lucky, the garage, or if you're even luckier, a controlled temperature environment, which is much friendlier to the bike overall. So as odd as that sounds, it's one of the things that people miss right away. And it's, it's not necessarily uh, in working with Sergeant Souter, one of the details they look for in the sidewall of the tire this time of year, if there is an accident to go and investigate. But it's one of those topics as we keep introducing information um, that creates a really interesting talking point amongst riders because it's not the same old blurb. It's not the same thing. It's not the same rhetoric. Um, <clears throat> it's a new idea that will cause everybody to go, that's rubbish. Well, how do you know it's rubbish? <laughs> Have you checked your tires? No, I haven't. Then go and check them. And that just as I've done every year when I've come over is just to throw a few nuggets out there for people to leverage on and you'll find somebody that's got plenty of cold cracks in the tire sidewall. And if they haven't looked and if they haven't checked, then that's just an accident waiting to happen. Fair enough. Um, okay, so we've checked our tires. What other checks could we do on a motorbike that you know has been in storage for a bit? A lot of times, because the motorcycle's sat still, and almost every time, unless somebody's really careful, um, they don't take the wheels off and store them off the ground. Uh, the tire gets a lot of pressure, so depends on whether the tire is still in round. So that's one part. The other part is when the bike sits, the forks and the shocks sit in one position. So if there's any dirt and debris between the fork tube and the oil seal, then there's a little avenue for the oil to work its way up. And then that generally will either leak down the fork if you've got upside down forks, or it will sit on top of the oil seal and then it'll gather and just create depth of oil so that when you get the bike out and you push it out the driveway and you go for a quick ride, there's oil everywhere. So before you ride the bike, especially with telescopic forks or right side up, where you've got the big fat leg on the bottom and the small tube all the way up into the, into the triple clamps, pull the dust seals up and clean them. Blow it out, get all the dirt and debris out. If there's any oil in there, clean it all off. Um, for those that are a little more conscientious, using a seal saver device just to clean the oil seal out and get any dirt and debris out of the way will save them a, f a big major oil seal failure and oil everywhere. It's a little more difficult on upside down forks, which are much more common today, but you still have to pull the dust seal down, but then you wipe the dust seal out because the oil has been sitting on it. And it's not unusual when you pull those dust seals down, especially on the left leg, which is the kick side or side stand leg, for there to be more oil than the other one because it carries more weight. And the hard part with upside down forks is that seal saver is going to cause it to leak. So you have to keep the dust seals down and do that. So before you ride, it's really a good idea. Stand the bike up, check your tire pressures, get those set, pull the dust seals up and out of the way, and then just gently nudge the front end with the brake on up and down a little bit and see if you get a ring of oil. And if you do, then there's the next step, which is to either use a seal saver and see if it worked 
or realize you've got a leaky fork and instead of riding around and then getting an fork oil on your brakes, which causes you to crash, which we don't want, you figure out right away there's an issue before you find yourself in trouble. Same goes for the rear shocks. Push them up and down. They have just the same as a fork. It's just that small shaft that goes inside the shock body. Is it leaking? Is it not? If you push down on a shock and it smacks right back out at you, just like you got an uppercut, then the nitrogen that was in the shock in the bladder area or the reservoir is inside the shock. So push the front end, push the back end. Does it feel normal? Do you have any oil leaks? There's the first part about preparation. In terms of before you even ride, you know you're not getting yourself in trouble from leaking oil from the suspension. Now, we've um, recently had another wee uh, lockdown due to COVID here in New Zealand, and uh, a lot of people are mentioning the uh, the COVID chin or the COVID 5 kgs. Um, if we've uh, had a bit of time off over um, over the winter and, and, you know, put on an extra couple of kgs like I might have, uh, now would be a good time to, uh, to reset up the sag and kind of adjust the suspension on the bike? Well, the bottom line there is self-investment is never an issue, especially in times of stress. But there is a price to pay for that down the pipe, as you say, and your motorcycle is a primary pipe for that one. If you've put on somewhere in the region of 10 to 15 kilograms, then what you might find, might, because you're riding in spring when it's cold, is that your fork and shock travel is, is at maximum. Because of the extra weight, you make the suspension work extra hard. And because of that, you need to put a cable tie on the right fork leg and you need to observe your shock travel. If there's not an O-ring on it, just a tiny bit of grease on the shock shaft to leave a dirt ring. And when you go for your first ride, go at 70%. Take a look, take your time, off you go. Go around, spend about an hour on the bike to let your eyes begin to see and feel the speed again. Let your body and brain start to get your hand-eye coordination going. But go slow. And when you come back, have a look at how much travel you used on the forks and the shocks. Now, if your self-investment was very rich and you feel well-deserved, even at slow speeds, you may bottom your suspension out. So at that point, going, just taking a nice, leisurely 40 minutes to an hour ride, coming home and having a look, or halfway on the ride before you turn around and come back, have a look, which is better, then you know how to ride home to avoid any problems. If you ride out, it's cold, it's slow, oil temperature's slow, so suspension feels really hard because the oil won't heat up and it will not flow. And at that point, you're getting your teeth chipped, so you're going to ride slow because when you go home, you don't want red urine from being beaten to death by a motorcycle in freezing cold weather because the suspension won't work. So there's a self-fulfilling safety mechanism in there that works for everybody. But for those that don't take that first step, that first half an hour of the ride to just calm down, calibrate your eyes, feel the road, get your, get your timing back between hand-eye coordination and look at how much travel you're using, then you're just taking the motorcycle for granted. And as we all know, that's just a really, really bad idea. Now, you've spent a lot of time on track, uh, and I don't want to dwell too far on the track because most of our uh, viewers will yep. probably be uh, road riders. But um, if you spend a bit of time off the bike, um, now motorcycling is more, and I've been, it's, as it was explained to me, is, is more of a, a skill that you continually have to work on. If you take a bit of time off the bike, you're, you've got, your skills are going to start dropping. 
um, on the track. If you haven't been on the track for a while, you're, you're going to take it easy, right, for the first day or half a day or first few laps at least. Um, is, that, is that a fair kind of assumption? I think, Ray, um, it's not an assumption. It's a fact. And you're talking about something there that's gospel. So I will stop riding at the track typically at the end of November, and I won't get on a bike again on a racetrack in the U.S. until March. When I get back on a bike, my first one to two sessions are no brakes, and I'm using the gearbox. My eyes aren't calibrated to speed. My timing is terrible. My coordination is all off, and I can't do the same thing twice. So no matter when I ride for the first time in spring, when I come over for the tours, my first ride literally is to go around Palmerston North and just get my eye in, feel the gearbox, feel the bike, feel how it turns, feel how it breaks. The track is no different at all. And the worst part about the track is because nobody's coming at you. There's no lanes. There's no rubbish on the track. There's nothing in the way. There's no driveways, no other cars. So it gives you an elevated sense of confidence. But what you don't realize is you're very, very forgetful about what you did last. And for those of us that want to go to the track to experience it and not get a speed achievement award from the uh, police for inappropriate behavior, um, going to the track is actually at the start of the season, an absolutely brilliant place for you to go to safely and go ahead and just get your coordination back, all your timing. Everybody's going the same way. They're, they're the similar group pace. And at the start of the year, everybody's rusty. So would you rather clean your skills up on the track and just go do one or two track days just to wake your brain up and get your coordination back? Or would you rather go on the street and if you make one error, pay a heavy price. So personally, I hope everybody realizes that going to the track is a closed private road. And when you start your season, it is absolutely brilliant to go back out there in a super safe environment. And if something happens, medical's right there. But you've got the best opportunity in the world to say hello to your bike again. Find your spot, find your rhythm, smile but do it in a way in a pace where your environment is really, really risk averse. And you come away from there much better off because when you go on the street for the first time, as we said, that first mistake, not fair to your family, your friends who have to pick up all the pieces, maybe take care of you, maybe heal you up or worse, have to deal with an incident where you need a lifetime of care. Not appropriate, but people don't think of track days like that. Now, those of us that race that have been there for a long time, our first track day is all about getting up to speed. It is not about track records. It is not anything to do with going fast, ever. It's all about saying hello to the motorcycle again and introducing yourself to it and the track to bring back what you remember from last year. But you can't bring it back instantly because we're not robotic. Nobody's putting a chip in your head. And you're not an arcade game where you can just go. So think of the track as a closed private road where you can bring your skills back in a really, really positive environment and go home feeling much better 
than going out on your first road ride being scared to death because you missed a corner and then you missed another corner. And now what are you are going to do? Because you're obviously over your head, but a track won't let you get to that usually at the start of the year because the pace is so low. The other thing that I've said before as well, um, if you're not, uh, you know, keen to get on the track, a good way to uh, to kickstart your riding season would be a Ride Forever course. And you can find out more information about those at rideforever.co.nz. Uh, best case scenario, you learn something. Worst case scenario, you spend a day out with like-minded individuals uh, out maybe checking out part of the country that you haven't seen before. I'm a firm believer in that too, because that's if, if really you're coming back, you've only a couple of years of experience, the track might be daunting for you emotionally or mentally because you categorize it and project it in a certain way. Starting the year with a course, because I've done all of them, um, is a great way in a controlled environment where speeds, speeds are kept to your ability, in which you can literally, und- with great guidance from incredibly experienced instructors, get the, oi, you're doing this well, but hang on, you're missing this. So let's work on that for a bit. There's no substitute for experience. You can't get wisdom. It's not free and it's learned by experience. So working with the multitude of incredible instructors that do the safety courses, irrespective of where you are, they have a second set of eyes that you don't have. And they can bring some insight to you Before you go off on your next big ride, try working on this, this, and this. But for now, we're going to work on that so that when you do go out on the ride, especially when it's your first one of the season, again, it's not that you're not taking the motorcycle for granted, but you might be taking your skills for granted. So taking a bronze, gold, or silver course makes perfect sense when you're a newer rider to just get yourself back on the motorcycle with supervision and leverage all that knowledge and wisdom that you don't have yet. Dave Moss, you're a mind of information. You've got so many nuggets of, of gold coming out of those years uh, every day. Um, if people want a little bit more information, they want some guidance, they want to know how to do a certain thing on their bike that you've talked about, where can they find your uh, your videos, your content, and find more information about what you talk about? Um, so you can go, it's Dave Moss tuning across the board. If you Google that, um, please, I'm begging you, please put something after my name, like tires, suspension, forks, shocks, because there's over 25 years of work and you just get buried. So if you want something, Google my name and a topic and it'll pop up and you'll see it on Facebook, Instagram are the two popular sources. If you want more in-depth content, then the website, um, has I think now we're just over 1700 pieces of work and that's video podcast and apps Um, so it's $10 US for the month which I think is about with current exchange 15 16 Kiwi a month Um, or you can go in there create your own free profile on the website at davemastuning.com and just have a look around get yourself a sense and taste of what what's in there in information if if you're a typical Kiwi and you tinker, then you're going to be happy because there's so much information there in simple nuggets, like you said, Ray, and thank you very much for that, that help you go step by step by step instead of, you need to do this. And here's this PhD level barrage of information that just knocks you sideways and you go, you know what? 
I think I'll have some fish and chips instead. I'm not, that's too hard. <laughs> I don't know if you saw so, on social media the other day, Dave, but uh, I, I gave you a shout out because I cleaned the brakes on the Tenere 700. You, you mean that toothbrush you've had in your bathroom for ages actually made its way to the bike? Exactly. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and, and the great thing about getting you started and, and changing the MT-07 out with the straps in the roof and getting that job done, I mean, it shows you it's not that hard. And with a bit of knowledge and, and that great Kiwi ability to tinker, it's not hard to actually have a go. And the beauty of being in New Zealand is there's plenty of people there willing to give you a hand on the simple stuff in using a tape measure, taking a look at the way the tire is shaped, looking at a cable tie in the fork and shock travel in the rear. It's been brilliant and really an honor to come to the country for the last, I think it's eight years now, excluding COVID and go into communities and help them help each other. Um, and all I'm trying to do, as we've talked about before, is save a life every day through education and information. But when I leave, I'm trying to leave versions of me in cities, towns, so everybody helps each other. And it seems to be working in less accidents, um, less, co less close calls, because when the bike sets up properly in a crisis, you can respond to that crisis versus you can react to it. So if you ponder those two words, they're very, very different in the way you approach a situation because respond means you have time. React means you ran out of time. And there's lots of reasons for that, the primary being ergonomics. Um, and there's plenty of videos on that. So we don't, don't really need to touch on that other than saying, would you ever rent a car and never move the seat and steer seat and the steering wheel for the period of the rental. And if the answer to that is, well, that's stupid. Well, what have you done to your motorcycle to fit it to you? It's a good one to think about because we're not the same shape, size. We don't wear the same gloves. We don't have the same shoe size. We don't have the same inseam. Yet a motorcycle is apparently meant to work for everybody on the planet. So. Good luck with that, but have a look at the ergonomics videos and get yourself comfortable because in a crisis you can respond. Dave Moss, thank you very much. DaveMossTuning.com. Thanks very much, Ray. It's always a pleasure, mate. And like like the rest of us that come and tour every year, I really appreciate ACC and NZTA and yourself putting all these events together, even if they're live, um, to keep getting that information out to motorcycle riders, to make sure that when they ride the bike, they think first don't do first because that'll save a ton of lives just by itself. Okay, so Motorcycle Awareness Month is coming we're coming out of winter into summer. Uh, some of the information there might have been, you know, a little bit out of out of kilter considering we're at the end of summer now. But that was the interview I did with uh, ergonomics and suspension tuning was a Dave Moss, one of our Shiny Side Up gurus who's going to be on site at uh, Shiny Side Up Bike Fest Carpety 26th. He's also at all the talk series events for Shiny Side Up across the country. Go to 
shinysideup.co.nz for more information or go to motonz.com. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a special episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast as we gear up to Shiny Side Up Bike Fest Carpety this Sunday. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in person this Sunday, Sunday 26th of February in Carpety or in Whangarei on the 5th of March. This episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast was brought to you by Shiny Side Up. Uh, things have changed just slightly this year for 2023. We were hoping to bring you two bike fest events across the country and uh, six talk series events. Due to the flooding in um, Northland, uh, Gisborne and Napier, we've had to cancel two events. Napier and Gisborne have been cancelled, but you can still catch the talk series Convoy as they make their way up the country. Uh, 1st of March in Whanganui. Uh, Rotorua, 2nd of March, and Auckland on the 4th of March. Then, of course, we've got, uh, we were going to have two Bike Fest events, uh, 26th of February in Kapiti, but the 5th of March in Whangarei has been wound back to a four-hour talk series event, unfortunately. More information at motonz.com and shinysideup.co.nz. And thank you very much, Shiny Side Up, for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast.